0: Break out your wireframes and heat up those Git repos. We're ready to tackle topics ranging from accessibility to front end design, user experience, and beyond. You're listening to the Drunken UX Podcast with your hosts, Michael Feenan and Aaron Hill. <laughs> I tricked you. I went very quickly. I clicked the buttons. You didn't hear it because I edit the clicks out, but I tricked Aaron. I was going to go on three, and I went on three, but it was very quick. I went through two, one, and we went, okay, <laughs> never mind. Hi, everybody. It's Drug and UX Podcast, episode 118 for January. I,
1: Sorry, I hope July. that you're all ready because I get to be the smart one tonight.
0: <laughs> Listen, hold on, hold on. You don't get to interrupt yet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode number 118 for July. Fourth, two thousand and twenty-two. It is not January. It is July. It's Independence Day. Set off really? the fireworks. Go. Uh, oh yeah, I guess it is. It yes, and it, go write yourself a little canvas plug-in with uh, JavaScript to do a uh, little uh, canvas-illustrated fireworks on your website.
1: Or don't. We're not the
0: boss. Of you. I promise it'll be fun. Or don't. Uh, we did a, a zombie takeover once for Halloween, where like you went to the website and like zombies rendered all over the page That's and ran cool. around and it's not particularly relevant to the conversation, but hey everybody, I'm your host, <laughs> Michael Fiennan.
1: Your other other host. Aaron, how are you doing tonight, Michael? Uh, <laughs> hey, why I are know. you laughing? Why are you I, laughing? I know how you're doing. They I know, don't know how you're doing I'm
0: doing great. <laughs> okay. Yes. Quite frankly I might have pre gamed a little bit before we started <laughs> recording maybe two glasses worth technically a glass and a half because i threw out the first glass because my scotch got cloudy and i don't know why that it was, happened
1: it was a little weird yeah
0: my best guess is that the dishwasher maybe like didn't fully rinse out like the 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 stuff like you you know the oh yeah like the, the liquid the f- stuff soap. you put in for yeah. like rinsing right I don't, it probably is snake oil and doesn't do anything, but I'm guessing maybe there was some residue or there had to be something because it was a clean glass. But and I'm doing I'm using a different glass now and it is not cloudy, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Hey, uh, hi, I, I appreciate everybody coming tonight. Um, yeah, okay, so fine. Maybe I've started a little early and now <laughs> I'm a little bit. It's this is what we call I have a name. Uh, my name is now Spicy Michael, Spicy, um, Spicy, Spicy Michael. Uh yeah, spicy yeah, Michael. Once once I get going, I'm a little bit spicy, ah, but it's okay. Sorry. We have good topics for tonight because we are going to be covering uh what you need to know to be a front end developer in 2022. Um if you are looking for a job or might be looking for a job, what is it you should be focusing on? What skill sets matter? What are you gonna get asked questions about? And so we're gonna get into a bunch of that. Now you might be asking we're Michael.
1: Just- focusing on front end this time though right yeah
0: like oh but i'm not a front end developer that's okay you could be a back end developer and maybe an upcoming episode might cover back end. you might say michael i'm a designer well that's okay maybe we have an upcoming episode that might i'm sure we have someone who would know what to answer for that yeah i think we could maybe make that happen yeah um so yeah, so stay tuned. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, first and foremost, I think I owe it to you all to explain why I am Spicy Michael. <coughs> Spicy Michael this evening is having an Old Pulteney 15, not the 12. I found a bottle of Old Pulteney 15, and it is wicked good. <laughs> I like the 12. Um, I like Old Pulteney. Old Pulteney is uh, a – of course, it's a single. Um, It has – what is it? I'm looking at the model here. It is 46%. Ooh. That explains a lot, I think. I mean, it, okay. it explains a lot of the pre-show, let me put it that way. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, no, I first ran into uh, Old Pultney back when I did uh, one of my last uh, theatrical shows I did, which was uh, Merry Wives of Windsor. And okay. to celebrate Merry Wives of Windsor, I went out and bought some scotch and I found a bottle of old Pulteney Twelve and started getting into it and It was quite good hmm. um very it's got a salty, briny flavor to it, okay that kind of comes through and it's it's not overbearing like when I say salty, it's not like it's oh my God, you know it's not immediately a flavor you would think of in scotch, I guess, okay but it is very good. Um salty, let me think here. Um salty with a Okay. This is going to be weird, but a little <laughs> bit of like eucalyptus. There's like a an herbaceous oh, note to okay. it, but it's okay. an herbaceous note that like leans away from like an Italian seasoning or something in that area.
1: Right. And it so gets I'm, into I'm like more floral? of
0: a
2: It's almost a floral flavor? Florally uh, with, yeah, I'm trying to think of
0: words, and I don't really have (laughs) words that are good at describing this. My my words are going Asian. It is a Highland Scotch, um, and they tend to be lighter. This one is still light, but it's just got a very nice uh, crisp cucumber. There we go. Have you ever, do you put salt on cucumbers or tomatoes?
1: Sure. Yeah, I know what you
0: mean with that. I like acidic, right? There's some, yeah. There's a little bit of, of acidity there. Mm-hmm. Um, Not quite a pickled flavor, but if you ever just get a cucumber and just put some salt on it
2: mm-hmm. to
0: get, you've got a crispness, but you get a little bit of that salty, you know, pickly flavor as a consequence. It's mm-hmm. got that going on with it. Um, Very sweet otherwise. So, yeah, you get some violet. There we go. Okay. Violet, I like I like violet, um, especially on the nose. I like violet, which would hold to like a, a Highland floral uh, bouquet, okay. as we say. So, um, yeah, I'm on the old Pulteney 15 tonight. Um, might might kill it. We'll try. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I will give you my my best effort. I swear. <laughs> they put out a million liters a year.
1: Wow, is, is that wait? Is that a lot? I mean, it's I a big know. number, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know, know, like, comparatively, if that's a lot or not. I doubt it.
0: I, I would suspect it's probably not a lot. Old Pulteney is definitely one of the smaller distilleries. Okay. You know, it, if you had to compare, and I don't know, like, off the top of my head, but, like, if we were talking something like uh, Macallan, mm-hmm. I, if I was guessing 20 million liters probably a year, yeah.
2: Um, say guessing, but
1: yeah.
2: they put out a ton. Um. Huh. So, yeah. What do you got? So,
1: this is possibly the weirdest drink that I've had so far. Um, I like. Weird. I didn't. I didn't want to have scotch or tequila tonight because I had a margarita earlier uh, for dinner. Um, this is. I made some. I made some sun tea the other day. I like that. You're. Are you drinking that out of a pitcher? No, it's a. <laughs> This is, like, the cup. It's literally a cup they give you in the hospital. It holds oh, like one- you pee in? No, 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 no. For drinking. Oh. It's, it holds a liter of water, normally. Um, So, I... It was probably, like... I don't know, like, 750 mil when I filled it up initially. It's mostly tea. But I added some vodka and triple yeah. sec and, like, just a splash oh. of creme de menthe. Um... Mm. That's maybe the weird part I <laughs> so you
0: you had me on the first two, yeah, yeah, the the last
1: is a little a little out, just there. I mean, really, just like I don't even have to call it a splash, it was like just a dash of it, um, like it's mostly still tea colored, it's just a tiny, tiny bit of green, um, like it's like green tea colored
2: um, I do have
0: one other problem, and I apologize in advance. I am sneezing like a madman tonight, I took a pill, it doesn't seem to be helping <laughs> I have a. Slightly dislocated jaw. It hurts a lot. I'm talking through it. Um, okay, I want to help you get your next job, Aaron. Come work for me. No. Okay, um, Aaron. Can we talk about how to get somebody to come work for me?
1: Yes. Or you? I, <laughs> I mean, don't know if you could afford me,
0: man. <laughs> you're you're a back end dev. Yeah. I'm a front end dev. Uh huh. If you don't have a front-end dev, what good is your back-end code?
1: My back-end code is fine.
0: Well, I know, but how does anybody use your website? That's not my concern. Right. You need a...
1: <laughs> a front-end dev. Okay. I mean, I can... No, someone can use my website. I can produce, like, serviceable front-end code. I'm not a total lost puppy. I mean, yeah, but
0: I've seen your front-ends. <laughs>
1: They are fine, I'll have you know. That's mean. (laughs) I shouldn't be mean.
0: Hey, so we want to talk about what skill sets should you be focusing on. I do apologize to the seasoned, you know, veteran front-end developers who will know what we're talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this this gets into the maybe less professional development, but very much into the uh, just development, right, as a person. I want to learn how to be a front-end dev. I want to know what I need to get that first, like, junior dev job. What skills mm-hmm. are really valuable? What am I going to get asked about? What should I be studying? What should I just at least know the words, so to speak? So we want to take some time to talk a little bit about that. What, uh, Aaron, as far as, yeah. so you're you're the back-end dev. You're the Ruby guy. Mm-hmm. You do a lot yep. of that. Yeah. I literally don't know what your code does necessarily, <laughs> but think about your your product from the front end, and sure. what is it like, what is what is an important component of your front end? Like, if somebody was going to come in and edit, right? Like, is there a checkout form that's really important? Is there a shopping experience that's really important? Like, what what is the front end of your site without getting, like, like granular on when you say product. my
1: site, do you mean like my my employer? Your yes, your employer site, site. Like, okay. I, I don't want to like. Um, that's why I'm
0: being careful about. It. I don't want you to pull your sure. employer into this, but like, just like abstractly. No, no,
1: no. Yeah, yeah. I would say that our typical users are probably people using our pickup product, and so they would be accessing the site with like a um basically like a, a code that connects them with their order. And then it's going to, um, they'll like provide some details about their vehicle and then the phone, their device will then communicate over GPS and like relay their, their journey to the restaurant. Um,
2: what was your question? (laughs) So, okay. So think about everything you just said. And let's okay.
0: imagine your your HR group comes to you and says you're a developer. You know about people who code, yeah. And yes, your discipline is probably different enough that you would say, yeah, but maybe I shouldn't interview this role.
1: I but, I would say at my job I could I could confidently interview someone who would, for a front end position. Like I I know enough about what we're using that I I feel like I could do that. Right. Yeah.
0: So you get pulled into let's say like a first round interview, right? Yeah. Let's start with base skills, right? What are what's sure. the triad? What are you definitely looking for first and foremost in a front-end developer?
1: Oh, well, I mean the the I would presume and I may ask like a couple very surface level questions that would reveal their knowledge on this, um, I would presume that they would have a functional knowledge of HTML, CSS, and like basic JavaScript.
0: Yeah. So that's the oh. holy triad, right? Like, yeah. in our world, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, you need to know yeah. these things. So let's start there, right? HTML. Yeah. I feel like HTML is probably the easiest component of this. Mm-hmm. If you can't write HTML, you can't be a front-end
1: developer. <laughs> I, would, I, I would say if, I, if you can't write HTML, like you should not start looking for work yet. L- like it's right. I, I I don't care how much JavaScript you know. Like you need to at least be comfortable with HTML because it's not that hard to learn. So if you haven't learned it yet, then you are too new.
0: So to what level of proficiency? Because um, there are like parts of HTML
2: that honestly, I mean, I would say are a little deep cut. Sure. I I think
1: that you should be able to know. Um, I mean, HTML and CSS go so hand in hand that I, I think the initial answer is you should know HTML well enough that you can write CSS for it. But like more specifically, I think that you should be able to know, Like when you would use a div versus a span, you should have, you should be able to like look at a list of words and like pick out all the ones that are actual HTML tags. Like I think that would be a very easy one to do. Um, and you should be able to like write a very basic document. Like if I gave, if I gave you a, like a word document or something that had just basic formatting on it. I would fully expect you to be able to craft that from scratch, like blank page, no templates or anything. You can just create, recreate a like word document level formatting from scratch um, at a minimum, minimum.
0: Can I ask, let, let's see. Cause, and this is an unfair question mm-hmm. because I do know you're back end dev. How many sure. elements are there in HTML?
1: Oh my God. Uh, I don't know the number, but I know there are many. <laughs> um, Like I It would not surprise me if there was over a hundred um, But if I had to guess Just ballpark I would say probably closer to like 70 or 80
0: You were better off going with your gut Okay There's roughly a hundred and ten um, Okay I was close Actually if you like google the phrase How many HTML elements are there There isn't
2: yeah.
0: a, a real clear cut answer Which feels weird because there's a spec but yeah, 110, <laughs> um, uh, Huda Tutorials has 110 listed for HTML5. Um, okay. And roughly 32 of those, almost a third, are new to HTML5. Huh. Okay. Would, uh, does that surprise you?
1: Um, It surprised me that there's just that many that are new to HTML5. It,
0: it surprises me, yeah, that there are that many that are new. Yeah. But like let let's uh let's go like real deep cut right mm-hmm. So junior dev and this is cuz we're talking about like what to get what 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 should you know to get your first job right I expect you to know what a p tag is what is a p tag Aaron
1: paragraph
2: okay
0: um what is a dfn tag
2: definition oh okay getting a little <laughs> little more clever okay I was wondering, <laughs> what is KBD?
0: What's the KBD tag?
1: Oh, the keyboard tag? Uh damn it. Okay. That that was, that's a deep cut, man. Uh, that's an old one. I, I believe the KBD tag is for like indicating that the text is like verbatim keys that you're typing. Like how you might use typically I think we would use a pre tag now, or maybe a code. But I think that's what KBD was for, right? Yeah. Yeah. KBD is strokes, all about like defining literals.
0: Keyboard shortcuts, that's the way to put it, right? Like, to have a keyboard shortcut, basically. Right, right. Okay, you're gonna make me go difficult.
2: Meter? Do you know what meter is? Meter? Uh, You got me, I've not seen that one before. So,
0: meter is a representation of, like, think about a thermometer. If I threw the, oh, the keyword, like a progress bar or something, yeah, like a, a progress yeah. bar meter, okay, uh, is the tag for that. Uh, so I got there. That's I finally interesting because we don't know.
1: we don't typically use the meter tag for progress bars. We typically use like like nested divs or something. Nope that's that's interesting.
0: Nope. Uh, do you know that we actually have an HTML5 tag for for progress, progress bar.
1: bars? Yeah, that's I did I did read about that before. But I mean, like, previously, though.
0: Do you know what that tag is?
1: <sighs> uh, isn't it, like, progress?
0: Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. literally progress. Yeah. Meter is good. You know what meter is good for? Um, mm. Let me give you a, an example of that, which is, like, because we do, as a podcast, right, like, I have mm-hmm. occasionally used tools that do things like process audio, let's say. Okay. So, meter is good for something that's, like, measuring something. Sure. Like, in continuity, so to speak. Okay. So, if you had something, let's say you built an audio app with Canvas and all of this that measures the uh, volume, the amplitude of a waveform,
2: you might use a meter element to do that. Okay. Um, So, point being, yes, obscure. Do you
1: need to know these elements to get a job? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I, and this is not the kind of thing I would ever ask for, other than maybe just for fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would never, like, like you not knowing any of those would never make me think, like, oh, they don't know HTML. Like, I don't, because I don't give a fuck. Because, like, we never use them in our code anyways. Uh, I, so, yeah.
0: I will say, I do like to ask these questions in interviews. Because I like seeing, like, how far people's experience go. Mm hmm. Go. Here, here's where, speaking of rules, grammatical rules, see how yeah. far people's experience <laughs> goes?
2: Okay. Because pe-
0: people is a plural noun. So I think I need to use goes in my, as my, my verb. Um, but yeah, uh, so yes. I'll rewind again. Uh yes, HTML. Know you know your base elements absolutely. Do you need to know what meter and progress are? No, absolutely no. not. Do you need to know what DFN is? No. You really
1: you, you really don't even need to know like the pre or code tag. I mean, unless their job is doing like mar- like specifically code markup. I, I mean, honestly, like if I'm hiring somebody for front end, unless I want someone who is like an absolute expert in HTML specifically, the stuff I'm gonna care about is like can you mark up a document, can you mark up content well enough to be able to style a document? Yeah. Like, can you write HTML that is, like, CSS-friendly? That's far more important to me. I'm much more concerned about your, like, knowledge of ID and class attributes, um, how to use A tags correctly. Um, It'd be nice if you knew about section, for example, or article. Not a necessary thing. Um, You should definitely know about headings. Mm, Uh, Yes. You should know, like, the difference between br and hr and like when to use either um
0: can we talk about headings real fast yeah sure can we point out don't skip them yeah yeah don't don't skip your headings h1 h2 h3 h4 even if you want it visually to be smaller or less bold or a different color mm-hmm. styling doesn't matter yeah this this notion of Thinking about like the separation and and this has been a big thing, right? Separating uh, content from presentation, yeah, right, is important. If you think about your HTML documents more like a legal document, maybe, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't go from H one to H four, right?
1: Right. There, there is definitely like I I would want an applicant to be able to have a spirited discussion on whether an h1 tag should be reused or if there should be an h single h1 tag at the root and that's it like i and, and i don't think there's a wrong answer there i think that there's a right answer for a team like a team says this is how we're doing it but universally i think you can have an opinion either way and we can have a debate about it and that's cool yeah yeah
0: so h h learning html is easy yeah learning the base of html is easy nobody's gonna ask you what we just asked Mm -hmm. the advice i would give you is 110 html elements is not actually that much it would it's relatively quick and easy to learn what all of those do
1: yeah but realistically like if you know half of them you're fine
0: if you walked into an interview and could give me an example of when to use like a meter element instead of a progress element as opposed to a div that just uses a percentage of its width.
1: I would be very impressed by that. Right.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. taking the time to just sit down and say, you know what? I'm just going to run through all of those real fast. I'm going to learn them mm-hmm. all 110. One day, one day you can know every HTML element guaranteed.
1: You can know them, but I mean, do you have an expertise in them?
0: Yeah, I'm saying know them. Do yeah. you know every property, every, like, the way it looks in every browser? No, of course not. But right, I think you can easily know at least that they exist. Mm-hmm. And it will make you stand out from
2: the crowd. Sure. CSS. What about CSS?
1: Um This one's harder. What? Yeah, I I would say that my expectation, and this really depends on how much CSS I'm expecting them to do, Um, if they are, like, going to be doing comps and or, like, designing this, the pages and things, I'm going to expect them to have a higher mastery, but at the very minimum, if they're just, like, a front-end dev traditional, like, doing a lot of, like, UI-intensive stuff, you know, like, um writing front-end JavaScript code, whatever. Uh, I would at least want them to understand the difference between the different kinds of selectors. Yeah. Um, and how to target. It, are you like saying when you them, say
0: different kinds of selectors? Are you saying like dot hash, plain yes. word? Okay.
1: Also, also, but also like the direct descendant, the adjacent sibling. Um, yeah. to know the difference between like like ul li or ul space li versus ul plus li or whatever
0: yeah no that um good call
1: yeah i like what i would want to do what i would probably do actually is uh i would take that word document that i had them make the html for from earlier and i would say like okay make this specific line make this red um you know make this entire list be uh you know right aligned or something or like you know all in line or something just like really basic things that just show that they're able to specifically target individual areas surgically yeah and that would i I would probably give i'd probably give like three to five examples um and they would be um i think i would probably do five increasing difficulty and the last one would be something that would involve like either direct descendant with an exception like maybe like nth of child or like burst or something like that um Or maybe like sibling or maybe like a a fuzzy match operators. And it'd be like some like really advanced thing that I wouldn't expect them to get. I would give them five examples and I'd expect them to get three of them.
0: Yeah, no, Um, I I like the idea of the when you use that word surgical mm -hmm. in terms of like, because I don't do, when I do interviews, I don't do like coding interviews. I don't ask somebody to whiteboard in front of me. Um, But I do like the idea of saying, like, why is this ending up this color? You know, why Mm -hmm. is this ending up this way? And what is it as far as, uh, let's use that phrase, right, specificity with CSS? Mm -hmm. Like, coming up with some sort of backhanded specificity type selectors that involve overriding... I do. I want to emphasize one other phrase real fast, which is, uh, like, functional CSS, which we have talked about many times. Sure. Um, As far as, like, just, you don't have to know what they all are, but knowing that, like, a functional CSS framework is just a way of writing CSS by convention.
1: Practically speaking, that would depend entirely on whether or not my employer uses functional CSS. If we don't use it, I don't care if you know it or not.
0: Well yeah, that is fair. You're probably only yeah. gonna be only gonna be asked that by somebody who is
1: using it. Sure. I like I I only say that because like it is kind of a specialization within CSS and if it's not specifically relevant, then it doesn't matter to me if you know it or not. Um so good to you know, throw in out. The interest of, Well, I mean, just so I can spend time working on uh asking questions about things that actually do matter. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing to ask about, though, especially if your company is using a functional CSS framework, like Tachyons or one of those, then absolutely you should ask about it. Um, Because, I mean, that's, even if they don't know it yet, that specific framework, they should at least be aware of how it works.
0: Let's go JavaScript then, right? Because I will say straight out of the gate,
2: if you do everything with jQuery, not awesome. Okay. I mean, we don't. I mean, unless your shop, if your shop
1: uses just jQuery, then that is awesome. I mean, it's awesome for your uh, applicant. I. (laughs) (laughs) It's not awesome that you're using all jQuery.
0: (laughs) That's like going somewhere that still uses Flash, right? Though a little bit, like, Eh, like yes, if they need Flash expertise and they're willing to pay for Flash expertise, I get it. But that doesn't mean they are right for still using flash.
1: We we have some internal stuff that was using bootstrap and so it used some jquery and I don't I I know I ripped a bunch of jquery out and replaced it with vanilla js but I don't know that we got all of it. Um So I I I don't know. Like I guess like knowing jquery isn't like a blocker but I would want to know like okay but have you ever written like you know if this is a front end job like I need to know that you can write js like normally too without using the framework
0: you you know how I would answer a question about jquery in the javascript okay. realm I would say something along the lines of yes I can use jquery I can go read the documentation I can find out what it does what it does well mm-hmm. and utilize those methods and functions and all of that but I want to default to vanilla solutions where I can and the fact that I can use jQuery is no different than the fact that if you told me to go use any other framework mm-hmm. I am capable of going and looking at that framework reading its documentation and learning how it works huh. I mean that's how I look at it now it used to be you needed to use jQuery because jQuery accomplished so much that JavaScript couldn't Easily, like replicating stuff that jQuery did in vanilla JavaScript mm-hmm. fifteen years ago—that's senior dev territory, right? Like that's yeah, that's that somebody would be, who's been doing be a lot different. development for years and years.
1: Well, I mean, you'd have to know how to do like a manual XML HTTP request and all that, and then that's all been cross like, kind browser of things because
0: yeah, different browsers wow. did it differently,
1: right? Um, yeah.
0: So at at this stage, it's more like jQuery is as much a framework as Foundation is, as Bootstrap is. It's just like, yeah, I'll go in, I'll look at its conventions, but mm-hmm. I don't have to lean on it. I don't have to know it inside and out. I can find out yeah. what does well, and we'll just run with sure. that.
1: Yeah, I'm good with that.
0: I mean, there's still a lot of organizations, right, that still have jQuery in their code bases,
2: so...
1: Yeah, it's I mean stick it's like
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think there's any problem. I w- I would say like I would say if you're angling for a front end job, don't go out and learn jQuery yeah. because if you do have to learn jQuery for a job, like you can go and learn it. You should learn how to do regular JavaScript and then if you have to backfill your jQuery. Um because anything you're doing with it is going to be basically maintenance code. And at this point, I think there's like, aren't there converters that will take jQuery and then like rework it into vanilla JS? Um, I know they have them for CoffeeScript.
0: I don't know if they're. I'm. Mean, I'm sure there are. Converting a yeah. jQuery object to a vanilla JS object is very easy, for what it's worth. Um, right. And so like as far as certain- like interpreting methods and functions, I don't know, but I'm
1: sure. There's gotta be like a a conversion thingy somewhere for it. I'm sure. I don't know where it would be offhand, but I I would just I, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Like learn you should learn you should learn regular vanilla JavaScript and then start there.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know that I want to go much deeper. Do you need <laughs> to know what CoffeeScript is? Would you need to know what
1: TypeScript no. is? Oh my gosh, no. Do you need to know you, you what should...
2: Ecmascript is? Yeah
1: uh sure in an that's really academic your, that's your sense, field
2: i
0: do think you need to know like what is es6 what is es2015
1: you
0: don't know you don't have to know the details but you need to know what yeah. they mean
1: abstractly if you're being hired for like a front-end like like a front-end engineer kind of thing where you're going to do a lot of javascript then yeah you should know that shit like um, that, I would agree. Like with.
0: that, to me, that's like I know what an internal combustion engine is,
1: right? But I don't need to know, <laughs> know the they're... difference between
0: a rotary engine and a V eight necessarily. I, I could point.
1: describe the four stroke cycle. I could describe the four yeah. steps of the four stroke cycle. Um, but like, I I have tried to take apart and reassemble a Briggs and Stratton engine, and it didn't go well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, let's talk uh, dom manipulation, right? Yeah, that's big. That's important. Sure. Inserting stuff, knowing what the DOM is, um, yeah. understanding cuz I think this goes hand in hand a lot with JavaScript, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, cuz that's how you
2: manipulate the DOM. Mhm. Um, Aaron, what is the DOM? <laughs> the
1: the document object model. Like okay. the abstract representation of the HTML document. Yeah. And so, like, you
0: can write a raw HTML page and see that in a browser, right? But JavaScript can add things in, move stuff around, change class names on elements. Sure. Like, yeah. you start from sort of a static rendering, but then the the DOM is capable of manipulating that in real time for the user at that point. Right. So this is, like, we have things like create element, right, in JavaScript. You can just create something dynamically.
1: You yeah, you, you should know how to, like, you should know how to do full crud. Like, create, update, or create, replace, remove. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. I like that. Like, in JavaScript. um, And, and I think the easiest way to specify that is um, you give someone a document with an unordered list, and you say, like, row button right here that every time you click the button it adds like a new a new row with a text field in it that is included that will be included in this forms like submission output and it should both accept an unlimited number of rows and typing anything into each of them will will like be handled correctly yeah that's what i would expect because that's like an actual use case that i would see being used and you should be able to handle that and also like deleting the rows and you know making sure that if you have like 20 extra empty rows that it doesn't submit like 20 extra empty fields you know that that's that would be like the minimum i think for me is to know to know that you know how to do that
2: let, let me ask this right do mm-hmm. you
0: think database stuff is in Intrinsically important to a front-end
2: dev. Um, I have mixed feelings on this. I I would say. Because I do feel like hmm. it's a, a little bit of a DBA thing, right? Database administrator.
1: Yeah, I, I think maybe just having a very loose acquaintance with it would be enough. Yeah. Um like you should be able to, to know what kind of data to expect, like, you know, what structured data output looks like. You get a collection of data from a database. You should know, like, okay, like, if the database has this table schema, this is probably what, I, what I'm what i going to get back from it. And when I submit stuff back to the server, this is how I should be submitting it. Um, And, like, as a web developer, I don't care if you're front-end or back-end, you need to know what the hell SQL injection
2: is. Yeah. Because
1: that's a a joint responsibility for both front and back end, uh, and it's still, still a common vulnerability. And what is it? What
0: what does that mean? What what do you mean when you say uh, uh, SQL
1: injection? Sure. So uh, you have stuff on the front end where you can provide user input, whether it's either in a field or directly putting parameters into the URL, and then that data gets sent to the server and the server takes that data and then passes it along to the database in a query. SQL injection is you are providing malformed input that causes it to run the query in a way that in the best case scenario is not what you're expecting, but in the worst case scenario is getting the database to spill its guts a little more than you want it to. A good example, right, is just quotes, right? Like- yeah, you throw you throw a single... Single quote, semi, uh, sim, single quote, and then or one equals one semicolon, and then select star from users semicolon, and then you submit that, and then you see like, oh well, what do I get back? And then like, even if your database table isn't called users, if you're providing anything that indicates you have an SQL injection vulnerability, guess what? Someone's gonna put on a pot of coffee and spend the rest of their night trying to figure out what you call your table names. Yeah, yeah, even if <laughs> if something is. What the thing that's
0: great about great, I use that phrase very loosely. The thing that's great <laughs> about a SQL injection is that while a particular injection may not return something useful, if it returns anything, yeah, that's useful. Like if they discover, oh, it spit something out. Like the the error message was not what was what I would have expected because it literally terminated a line early and started mm-hmm. spitting out code code, then they know you aren't escaping characters, right? Or something like that. And so then yeah. they start picking, it's like picking at a scab. Terrible right. metaphor, I'm sorry. But it's <laughs> but it's that kind of thinking that they just start saying, okay, well, if it did that, what else can I make it do now if I start sending it other stuff?
1: <laughs> Security through obscurity is not a thing. Don't do it. Because there's a command in SQL called show tables. Which just lists out all the tables, and if your stuff is already vulnerable to SQL injection, then guess what? Guess what? The first thing you're going to do is is list out all the tables. Yeah. Um. Or you know, can we select a different database? Or like, I don't know. And you just you want to make sure that it's not there. The point is just like know what this is, so that you can do your part in being responsible about not contributing to that problem
0: and do you know why i think this is important for a front-end dev because the front-end dev is the one building that form yeah and so understanding enough to know that hey i'm gonna hey we've got these fields and we're submitting them to an api and before they go to the api we're gonna run these functions on them to like you know escape all the characters and do all of this Like, there's a good responsibility there towards Mm -hmm. making sure that your input is sanitized. That's the phrase you're looking for. Input, output, sanitization across the board. And that's why it's good to know anything about... Even though a database may not be in your field of expertise, it's good to know a little bit about it because then you know how to make sure your stuff is sanitized.
1: There is... Uh, Both front and back end should presume that the other one is not doing sanitization and not doing, not handling uh, malformed data. Both sides need to presume the other side is not doing their job and they should act accordingly. What happens when you assume? Well, in this case, you don't make an ass out of you and me. (laughs) Because if front end presumes the back end is not sanitizing data and they keep their stuff tight, and back end presumes the front end is going to send them junk data and they sanitize then you end up with like double protection so uh in this case you make an ass out of the yume yeah the, the, when the, the yume being the person who's trying to attack you the that's the word now. yeah no the very
0: good hey too quick yeah. i want to hit or two three i have three uh let's do the first okay. two real quick though sure um so there's an article over uh, at uh, Arizona.edu, the University of Arizona, where they talk okay. about, like, front-end developer skills that you should know, like, right now in 2022. And two of those skills mm-hmm. are React in Java. Uh. And I feel like, as a front-end developer, eh, let me make the same noise you just made. Java, no, can we agree? You don't need to know Java as a front-end developer.
1: Alright, Uh, you don't need to know Java. I think that in that case, um, this person who wrote the article may have meant JavaScript and not known the difference. No, no, they that called out JavaScript
0: separately, so they knew the difference. Oh. <laughs> Alright,
1: well then fuck that then. Maybe they have Java in the background, uh, back end. Uh, no, you don't need to know Java for front end. Um, I, I know that... If you Java don't have continues- it, can
2: I, can I say
0: this? If you don't have a degree in computer science you don't need to know java
1: well all right i want to qualify that by saying there are a lot of java jobs out there like it is for better or worse still a very popular language in the enterprise setting
0: oh yes 100% i don't
1: i don't agree with this i think that it's like every time i've ever encountered a java app i can tell that it's java app because it always has like a lot of telltale... 500
0: errors that throw at the screen <laughs> I and
2: mean, that sorry. too
1: it has it has a very telltale UI. Like the people that are building Java apps tend to use the same UI libraries, even for web. Um, but also like, you know, the URL has a similar similar structure and just the the way that the UI is built, um, it seems like the people who make decisions to, yes, we need to use Java because we're enterprise are also the people who think, no, we don't need to hire a UX expert. What are you talking about? They just I, I don't know. Like every time I've ever encountered a Java app, it's been a poor user experience for me. Um, so maybe that's seasoned my opinion about it, but. Mm. I mean, uh, I just, I, I mean,
0: I agree. I think there's still plenty of money to be made
1: yeah. in the field of if Java. If you know it, like you've got, you're fine if you already know it. But like if you have to pick a language to learn, don't, don't, I mean, you'd find for academic purposes, fine. It's a great place to learn OOP. But man. We're in something else. <laughs> you know what Java
0: is? Java is the OO version of PHP.
2: Sure, I'll give you that. I mean,
0: they're both going to stick around infinitely. Yeah. Everybody's going to write an article every year about the death of Java, the death of P- PHP. <laughs> Java's going Oh nowhere. my God. Co- they, we still have Cobol yeah, around. These technologies are so outdated, yada yada. Actually, PHP is getting pretty good. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but
1: I, I will, I stand PHP. I, I don't understand the hate that it gets. I think people who hate on PHP have imposter syndrome and are looking for someone to bully. Uh, Yeah. Because PHP is a fine language. It has its place and it is still relevant and it is still useful. It is, it's not going anywhere. I don't personally use it, but fuck, man. Like you throw like mod PHP on an Apache server, which you can do like easily if it's not already done for you. You throw up a single PHP file up there, and you can get, like, a form processor and everything else, and it's all ready to go, and there's no no other bullshit. You can have a fully functional site with one single file. And I can't. you can't say that about any other server-side language. Maybe Perl. Perl could probably mm. do it, but PHP was sort of, like, I mean, Perl-informed. Perl,
0: Python, like, they're still around, too. Like, here yeah, are languages popular, used jank. by fractional percents of Java and PHP, and they're still around, yeah. because... They still make
1: money, right? I, Django is very popular still. Like I like Python is a terrific language to learn too. Like I I wouldn't knock it. Um, what was the question?
0: I don't know. Uh, can we just yeah. get to the last point? Yeah, sure. Before everybody yeah. leaves us. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> everybody.
1: Um, Thanks for sticking around. <laughs> no, uh, this
0: last one's good. Problem solving.
1: Okay. Well, that seems like a given is it though what what does that even mean though what does that mean so
0: this gets into like yes we can say this very tritely as far as like i need you to have critical thinking skills but no you know there there is a certain art and skill that i think goes into how you google a problem to get the answers that you need and if you want to get real <laughs> okay. nitty gritty i think one of the most useful things we could do as an industry is mm-hmm. come up with a list of queries that you can give people to say, go get me an answer to this, but like an abstract topic. Like they can't just type in the like Aztec empire and get the, the answer, right? <laughs> like come up with something like <laughs> what is, what was the downfall of the Aztec empire? and See what the answers are that come back from those people. You know, the process of does it take you five minutes to find an answer or five hours to find an answer? And I think there's an art and form to that that comes into knowing how to, you know, give Google a list of keywords that are important, mm-hmm. how to describe the problem you're having, and how to use.
1: No, you know you know what it should be you should take an actual error message from a 500 or maybe yeah. like a 400 or something take an actual love error it. message and say you've been given this error message and this is like this is what you get from the bug snag report right just give them the bug snag screenshot or saved page or whatever and you say here's this i want you to figure out what the problem is no and either they know probably, it already or i love this yeah because that's actually something you're going to encounter. I run into this all the time. We have a weekly bug triage meeting. We go through a bug snag and we find all the new untriaged bugs. And sometimes it's a matter of like, oh yeah, we've seen this one before. Uh It's this, you know, we fixed this previously over here. This is how we're going to do it this time. Other times it's like, oh, that's strange. What is this about? And then we'll throw it in Google. And you have to know which part of the error message to look for on, on the web search. Um But so, yeah definitely yeah
0: that that process of problem solving while i know this is like a a weird thing to throw out there that's very non specific mm-hmm. it really does matter because yeah. how you solve a problem tells me a lot i don't care if you know every idiom on something i care if you can yeah. get
1: there what i want to see is uh if you look at like a stack trace for example and that you know like which lines to look at you know the yeah maybe like maybe not the core maybe not a full core dump but like if you see like a bunch of lines and it's you know there's like the one or two relevant lines that are actually in the app a stack, and trace. the rest of it is all yeah the rest of is all framework code right this is a really common thing in rails only the only only the first two or three lines of the stack trace are actually yeah. relevant the rest of it is just junk yeah that and so you should be able to look at that and say like oh Boom. Problems right here. This is the line it goes.
0: That down. is so important because, right, uh, and yeah. this is as we crapped on Java a little bit earlier. Like, when you look at a Java stack, stack trace and you're like, it spit 80 lines out at me.
1: and <laughs> Whatever error it is, it's probably no pointer exception. That's lit- what I learned yeah.
0: from Java. <laughs> Congratulations, NPE. You're done. Uh, it's usually the first two lines. Like, nothing else below that matters. But knowing that, because it's easy to look at one of those stack traces and be like, Oh God, I'm terrified
2: because it's very
0: intimidating to see something break. And when it breaks, it spits out a novel at you, but knowing how to look at something like that. And that's not an advanced skill in my book. That's the kind of skill you get by realizing that stack traces are a thing. Mm -hmm. And you took 30 minutes to learn that, oh, a stack trace is a stack, the stuff at the top is probably the most likely point <laughs> that broke, because the thing that broke trickled through everything else. Mm. I'm, I'm doing hand motions and, like, sign language on my end now, Yeah, uh, I, and nobody gotcha. can see it, but Aaron can, so.
1: Yeah, it's it's entertaining. Uh, it's what you would expect.
0: Aaron, can we get out of here? Yeah, sure. we are
1: done. Why don't you tell me, man? Cool. Hey, everybody, stick around for a second.
0: <laughs> We'll be right out of here. So yeah, that's what you need to know if you are wanting to get into a front-end development role. Uh, at least in our books, you know the whole get the holy triad, get you know some of that background knowledge, work on your problem-solving skills, and you're set. You are at a great mm-hmm. starting point.
1: Yeah, you should come and tell us on one of our socials. About, uh, you know, you want to watch us do a live thing. Oh. You can watch Michael be, you can watch Michael's hand gestures and watch him get this shit faced in real not life. Wrong. And you can see the weird, the weird cup that I'm drinking You're out of. Wrong. The pee cup. the hospital. You're, are it's you sure that's
0: not a urinal? Because that looks like every urinal I've ever seen in a hospital bed.
1: This cup was handed to me and it was full of water and shaved ice and it had a lid and a straw. So no, Are you sure the their team. bladder
0: just wasn't very cold?
1: <laughs> no, I mean it was literally handed to me to drink out. Okay, of.
0: okay. <laughs> continue, continue.
1: Yeah, so uh Facebook twitters.com slash UX or instagrams.com slash UX podcast. And come and chat with us at Discord.com or no com slash Discord and support us at discord.com slash support which will redirect you to our Patreon all proceeds for the Patreon go towards transcript generation uh, so please help us with that helps everyone and yeah get a hold of us and let us know what you think about a live show and if you'd be down for that um, I I want to do like a live in person thing dude I think that would be really fun to be on stage somewhere <sharp inhale> and each have a bottle of- I'm working on that
0: I'll tell you Uh, offline. I
1: have an idea. Okay, I'll say Ah. nothing else, but you didn't hear it here first. You
0: didn't hear it here first because the only thing that (laughs) I know is that if you take those time to learn those foundational skills, go through, really like spend some time, get some meat on your bones, like dig into the cruft and challenge yourself a little bit you will be the best person in the world when you walk into that first interview and you say that I know how to keep my personas close and
1: my users closer. It's impressive that you remember that even when you're this drunk. I'm not that drunk. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.